Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Um, what verse have we got on the board there? 28. 就是他的鬼黑尼拉亚瓦尔曼尼巴的特殊难。他那那亚瓦马萨托乌维木坎木坤达。他那那亚瓦马萨托乌维木坎木坤达。巴达拉维纳马卡兰达拉萨达加斯
the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Pada Aravinda. Of the lotus feet. Makaranda. Of the honey. Rasat. The taste. Ajasram. Continuously. Niskinchanai. By persons. Completely free. From material attachment. Paramahamsakulai by the Paramahamsas, the most exalted personalities, Asangai, who have no material attachment, Jushtat, which is enjoyed, Grihe, to household life. Nirayavartmani, the path leading to hell. Badatrishnan, whose desires are bound. Paramahamsas are exalted persons who have no taste for material enjoyment and who drink the honey of the Lord's lotus feet. My dear servants, Bring to me for punishment only persons who are averse to the taste of that honey, who do not associate with Paramahamsas and who are attached to family life and worldly enjoyment which form the path to hell. Purport, after warning the Yamadudas not to approach the devotees, Yamaraj now indicates, thank you, who is to be brought before him. He specifically advises the Yamadudas to bring him the materialistic persons who are attached to household life merely for sex. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam, Yan Maitunadi Grihamayedi Sukam Hitucham. People are attached to household life for sex only. They are always harassed in many ways by their material engagements and their only happiness is that after working very hard all day, at night they sleep and indulge in sex. Nidraya hriyate naktam viyavayena chava vayaha. At night, materialistic householders sleep or indulge in sex life. Diva during the day, they are busy trying to find out where money is, and if they get money, they spend it to maintain their families. Yamaraj specifically advises his servants to bring these persons to him for punishment and not to bring the devotees who always lick the honey at the lotus feet of the Lord who are equal to everyone and who try to preach Krishna consciousness because of sympathy for all living entities. Devotees are not liable to punishment by Yamaraj, but persons who have no information of Krishna consciousness cannot be protected by their material life of so-called family enjoyment. Srimad Bhagavatam says, Canto 2, chapter 1, text 4. Deha patya kala 
Tradishvatmasanyeshvasatvapi Tesham Pramato Nidhanam Pasyan Apina Pasyate. Such persons complacently believe that their nations, communities, or families can protect them, unaware <coughs> that all such fallible soldiers will be destroyed in due course of time. In conclusion, one should try to associate with persons who engage in devotional service 24 hours a day. Timirandasya <coughs> Gananjana Salakaya Chakchurun Militam Jena Tasmae Sri Guruve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Svayam Rupakada Mahayam Dadatisva Padantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayate Gerim Yad Kripa Shri Gurum Dinatarinam Who's who does he who does he belong to? He's yours, Ariloka? He's yours? What's he looking for? His mum. You? His friend. His friend. Tell him to go and get his friend oh here he is, his friend's here. Good. He's found his friend. Always good to have a friend in the Bhagavatam class, right? <laughs> That's what this is all about. <clears throat> if there's no friend in the Bhagavatam class, then you're lost. Hare <laughs> <coughs> Krishna. So, fairly simple message here. Um, and, and Prabhupada has kind of inverted this into choice. You know, what defines a devotee? And <clears throat> um, and really underlines the purpose for establishing ISKCON. And and the purpose for establishing ISKCON is to create a sangha, a, a, a group or an association, a gathering of like-minded people, so that they could, so we we can engage in this process of self-realization. Because otherwise, I mean, we're all working, right? A anybody here who's not working? Apart from the kids, and you're all working anyway. Going to school, yep. So we're all working, right? And um, and obviously <clears throat> we have families. So there's a lot of similarities between what we do and what the ordinary persons do. Right? Some of us we're working very hard, and what's the purpose of working hard? Tell me. Make money. Yeah. Anybody lost sight of the fact that we're working hard to make money? Otherwise, why would you do it? Right? 
If your boss doesn't pay you at the end of the week, what do you do? Huh? You get pretty worried. Right? You hope he's going to pay you the next week. But if he stops paying you altogether, what do you do? You go and find another job. Huh? <clears throat> and, and what do we do with that money? What do we do with that money? Maintain family. Yeah, some of us are maintaining more than one family. Uh, uh, so, in essence, the external activities are not very different. Uh, not very different. But what's the difference? The, the difference is that the devotees will come together to serve Krishna, but for no real material benefit, right? We don't get a material benefit. Well, maybe we do get some material benefits from coming and hearing the Bhagavatam class, right? We do get peace of mind, right? We get knowledge. We get... There's a, there's a, well, there's more, and that's mentioned here. This is what the par so there's a difference here. There's two types of persons being described here in this verse, right? There's the Paramahamsa, and then there's the, what, what are we called here? Grihe Niraya Vartmani Bada Trishnan. Right, those who are on the path to hell. <laughs> right? And why are they on the path to hell? Because they've got material desires, basically. They have desires to enjoy themselves materially. And so that's the difference between a devotee and a, a non-devotee. The devotee's main purpose for existence is to please Krishna and to please the devotees. And... In the process, there, there, there's a pursuit of material activities as well because, you know, we're, we're, we're stuck in the material world. But at the same time, we know that we're not of the material world. This is the dilemma. The dilemma of material existence is, yes, we're part of the, of, of the material sphere, if you like, <clears throat> And so, even for the devotees, what, uh, eating, sleeping, sense gratification, uh, protection, uh, what's it, what is it? Defense, I guess. These activities have to be performed even by devotees. Right? You, um, but the focus of the devotees is is different. It's, it's aspiring for or uh, uh, working towards the, the, where the balance is, the balance between material and spiritual is negligible. Right? And so therefore then material life, if you like, needs to be pursued. We've got to go and work. We've got to eat. We've got to sleep. Uh, uh, you, you can't 
You know, even Prabhupada makes the point, you know, there were those who try to renounce everything and go to the forest or go to a secluded place, but what do they achieve? They're still not able to purify themselves and so still material desires remain. Which is why Krishna says to Arjuna, you know, what can repression accomplish? Better to take those natural proclivities and natural tendencies and engage them in a positive way in service to Krishna. This is how we get the balance. We are going to act. If we don't glorify Krishna, then we'll be glorifying someone. Uh, what is it in Indian culture? What, who do we glorify in, in, in Indian culture? Or in any culture? Who are we glorifying at the moment? Sports stars. Yeah, who, who, whoever can jump on skis the longest or, you know, do a high, half pipe with so many spins and twirls, right? I mean, when you look at it, it's kind of like, what? Is that the pinnacle of human existence? Is, you know, I used to see the monkeys at the zoo do this kind of stuff, right? Or it's politicians, or it's musicians, right? These are the people that we will, will glorify. <clears throat> but we take that, that propensity, we take that propensity and rather than glorify <clears throat> really insignificant achievements by insignificant people, really, really, we glorify the Supreme Person. Huh? Of course, and, and, and it's very interesting because we're living in a culture, we're living in a culture where most of the people think that God doesn't exist. This is how diametrically opposed our, that Krishna consciousness is to materialistic effort and endeavour. Most of the people don't, most of them, you know, there is a small portion, proportion, but the majority don't. They're surprised that we can give, that God has a, well, they don't even believe in God. And so when, you know, when we present details about who God is and what he does, that's just alarming for them. That's shocking. Shocking. Used to shock me, you know, I met the devotees and they were so sure, yeah, Krishna's God. Here's where he lives. Here's what he does. So I'm like, whoa, how do you guys know that? Huh? Where do you get that stuff from? <laughs> so, so Yamaraj is saying, bring me those people. Huh? There's plenty of them. The Yamadudas must be fairly busy. <laughs> Especially... Well, no, at any time, they're busy. People are dying all the time. And in this state of ignorance. Right? And then they're going for, for punishment. Something that materialistic people don't like. What is this? Why is God so heavy-handed and high and mighty? You know, that if, you know, you don't know what's going on. And then you get punished for it. Where's, and he's supposed to be a loving God. Right? How's that a show of love? This is, this is, you know, this kind of 
conundrum for people is a big challenge. Right? That, 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 that uh, how can God, that I, this was, I mentioned this story more than once before. My mum my and dad used to go to church all the time. Every week when I was a kid, every week we went to church. <clears throat> in fact, I used to go to, I used to serve on the altar on Wednesdays when we were living at Port Pirie. I was an altar, altar boy, which means you're kind of like the servant of the priest. Uh, every Wednesday morning, I have to wake up at six o'clock. I guess my parents persuaded me to do it. But I also liked the priest. I was, you know, he was, used to teach religious instruction. And so we used to go. So my parents, every week, used to, then I noticed uh, uh, later in life that my parents stopped going to church. And I asked my mum, why don't you go to church? And mum's, my mother said to me, she said, uh, I, I find it hard to believe in a God who's good and there's so much suffering in the world. Why is that? Huh? I had to explain to my mum, well, it's not God's fault, mum. He is what you, people are doing. You, you, know, you know the laws of physics. As you, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, this is just the law of, a law of nature. And, and even within the Christian teachings, we have this, as you sow, so you shall reap. Right? Which is like the farmer plants his seeds, till, tills the land, plants the seed, the rains come, and then poof, up comes the crop. Right? But this is a big challenge for the materialistic people. They want to blame, if, if God exists, then they'll blame him for everything that goes wrong and not want to accept responsibility for themselves. Right? But this can be a real challenge, these conundrums for people who have no faith in God. Yet, according to the plans, according to the systems, you know, this is how one is rectified. It is one methodology of, for rectification. And, and what's that? What's it called? It starts with a P. Punishment. <laughs> Punishment, according to the universal laws. And, and, you know, reactions for one's deeds. It's not very difficult to understand, actually. And, and you know, for the devotees, even Krishna mentions this in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, that uh, devotees will naturally seek out the association of the those engaged in glorifying Krishna, this is. I think they're okay. Uh, I, I mean, they're okay for me. Anybody else disturbed by a little, little rum, a little bubbling down there? It's only bubbling. It's not howling or. <laughs> <coughs> No crying, at least. Prabhupada didn't like children crying in class. And fair enough, because it was a disturbance. But if there's a little murmuring, it's okay. And you know, 
In a community like ours, how can you avoid kids? Hi, <laughs> Griever, how can you avoid kids? I don't think you can, can you? No. Now, so, um, yeah, well, there are, there's a natural inclination in a devotee to want to associate with, the, and so they're naturally attract, attracted to those principles. Right? Hearing and chanting, glorifying the Lord, and associating with the Paramahamsas. Right? So Yamaraja is saying, don't bring the Paramahamsas, obviously, and also don't bring those who associate with the Paramahamsas, those who aspire to be Paramahamsas. They may not be Paramahamsas just yet, right? But because they're on the path of perfection, then they're, they still have faith in God. Right? Those who have faith. And of course, you know, the process of bhakti the nine processes of bhakti, beginning with shravanam and kirtanam, are designed to, to, to increase, to build, to develop that faith. Uh, this hearing and chanting especially is the process by which the devotees build faith and understanding and commitment. Right? Commitment to chanting Hare Krishna, to following the principles, to, to, to understanding the philosophy to understanding the subtle aspects of, you know, it's pious to go to a temple and pray to God, right? It's pious. But a lot of people just go to the temple, or any temple, de demigods in India especially, and they're just praying, oh, uh, Ganesh Ji or whoever, uh, Ma, you know, they're praying, give me wealth, give me influence, give me fame. Uh, they're, they're pr it's pious because they believe in a higher being, but are self-motivated. Right? It's, it's just to get things for yourself. Right? Whereas <clears throat> Prabhupada explains that a higher principle is recognize God, but want to serve. You know, devotee understands, I'll, I'll be looked after. But let me serve you, Krishna. And of course, you know, that's, that's really the premise upon which our society is, is based. So those devotees who have natural affinity for the process of, the nine processes of devotional service and to associate with the Paramahamsas. And by that association, gradually build their love and affection for Krishna, become Paramahamsas themselves. Their, uh, Yamaraja says, don't, don't bring me any of those people. Only bring me those who, are the, who deserve to receive the consequences of their actions. Even if it's out of ignorance, right? Prabhupada makes a point. If you 
put your hand in, or a baby, well, you, you know, right? Let's say if a baby doesn't know that if you put your hand in fire, you get burnt, right? What happens when a child puts it, gets burnt? There's the law of, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. And of course, it's a learning experience. It might be more than that, a tragedy. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, just because one is ignorant of the laws doesn't mean that one is not culpable. Right. And why the association of the devotees is so important, because basically what, what Prabhupada says here, you know, the final conclusion, what, what does Prabhupada say in the final sentence? In conclusion, so it's fairly clear to work out what Prabhupada's talking about here in this purport. There's some, always some giveaway lines in Prabhupada's purports. So if you want to find out what he's saying, one of, the, one of the opening lines Prabhupada will say is, in conclusion, one should try to associate with persons who engage in devotional service 24 hours a day. Yeah. So this is, our, this is our purpose. This is the purpose of ISKCON, of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, is to create an environment where we can be engaged in devotional service 24 hours a day. Well, even sleeping is devotional service. If we're resting the body to do some service tomorrow or today or whenever. Right? Even our sleeping, our dreaming can be uh, thinking of Krishna, thinking of doing service, thinking, dreaming of the devotees. So even what appear to be very mundane activities, uh, the power of bhakti is that what might ordinarily be considered mundane activities, eat, what is it, ahara nidra bhaya maitanum cha, right? Eating, sleeping, mating and defending, even these you know, activities of bodily maintenance and body, bodily engagement, even these activities are spiritualized by engagement in devotional service. So we, we take prasadam, right? We eat in a regulated way and, and uh, not too much, not too little balance to maintain the body, right? Sleeping, we, Prabhupada says, don't sleep more than six hours a day. Although he does modify, in different places he says different amounts. Seven hours. I tried six hours, but I, can't, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> I tried it, it doesn't, it doesn't fit my system. In the last year I changed my alarm clock, so every time I go to bed I wake up seven hours later and I wake up awake, rather than, oh, what happened? Where am I? Why do I feel terrible? <coughs> but anyway, you know, sleep to a modicum. To, you know, not sleep like a bear. <laughs> in, a, in a mode of ignorance. So even sleeping can be used, it's used in, 
our spiritual practice. Uh, uh, even having children is a, uh, done in devotional service is purified, spiritualized, and defending, you know, uh, protecting ourselves so that we can do our service is is it's purified by engagement in devotional service. So, uh, we feel ourselves very fortunate to have that opportunity to associate with, uh, with like-minded devotees who at least believe in, at least they have faith and, and are focused on developing their Krishna consciousness. And get, they get their satisfaction from hearing and chanting, hearing and glorifying Krishna, which is the mood of the Paramahamsas. These are the type of... And, and you know, the, the first qualification for a devotee recognised by Lord Chaitanya, asat sangatyag, the devotees give up. material association. And it's very much in sound vibration. Prabhupada says, we associate in, by sound. He said, this is the reality of existence. Prabhupada says, the body is not very important, actually. Of course, without it, you can't exist. So it has, it's definitely important. But in relationship with associating with the devotees, the important thing is then having hearing, basically hearing. And it's interesting, we can, we can do that just like they're probably devotees now listening to class. Right? They're not able to, not hear, but they're, they're listening. And that's more important, more important even than seeing, is hearing. You know, sometimes people say, seeing is believing. But not always, not always. You know, have you heard of what they call deep fakes? Uh, technology now where you, they marry a couple of algorithms to create the sound and images of a person, but it isn't actually them. Right? And then <clears throat> criminals use this technology to influence companies, especially big companies, to send them money, right? They'll, 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 they will send an email in the chief financial, or say in the CEO's name or whatever, to the chief financial officer saying, oh, there's an important payment that we need to make to X, Y, Z, right? Then what they will do is they'll get somebody impersonating the voice. They've already captured the voice and are able to simulate it, right? And then ring up. And, and with that voice, then convince the person that actually it's his boss when it's not. This is pretty... So the the the... The, the, this article that I was reading, uh, you know, because cyber risk is a big risk 
at the moment. Millions of... Do you, how many times a week do you get rung up by somebody who wants to, who t wants to tell you that your internet is not working properly and can you turn on your computer so they can help you find out what the problem is? And in the process, steal your bank account details. <laughs> huh? how, many, how many of you have had that? I get it at least once a week. At least once a week I get somebody ringing me up to tell me that my internet's my computer's been infiltrated by somebody and they want to help protect me. <clears throat> so, thank you. Why don't you go and get a decent job? His name is Mike, but it sounds like he's from Calcutta or Mumbai. <laughs> so, seeing is not believing. Right? Even hearing is not believing sometimes in this situation. You need to check. Right? We don't just hear from anybody. We are selective about who we hear from. So there are people who are out to cheat us. Right? But Prabhupada says the most important, once we've ascertained the, 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 the validity right, of a person, and this is really... Uh, critical to, to, to critical to spiritual life is finding the right association. Right? What Prabhupada says, you, we, we need to find a bona fide spiritual master. We need a bona fide sangha. Well, and we test it. Well, like uh, Smith was saying to me the other day, I mentioned this in class the other day also, Smith was saying... There's so many people around here who want to tell you what to do. <laughs> I said, yep. This is the Hare Krishna movement. Every Hare Krishna is a guru and they'll all tell you what to do. But, you know, you need to have faith in who's do it, telling you. Right? You need to have. And you need to know that that person knows you. Right? So Prabhupada recommends... In a few places, he doesn't emphasise this, although he does say, you know, when you go to the marketplace and you want to buy some pots for the kitchen, right, you, you tap them, you, test, you pull them a little, you know, you test them to see whether they've been constructed properly or not. Right? So similarly also, in the association of the devotees, we should test to see who's giving you good advice and who's not. I used to get so bewildered because oh, the personalities that we had in this temple, you know, there was, I used to have Sangana, Bhakta Mark in those days. What are we gonna do? <laughs> you know, so he would always be telling me or asking me, he was always in a state of confusion. And then I had to, I guess I shouldn't name names, but <laughs> other devotees who used to constantly focus on the, uh, you know, the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam and the hellish planets and what was going to, you know, and that the earth was flat, right? You know, the earth is flat. So I was like, okay. Got the bewilderment from this guy and the earth is flat over here. And I used to think, whew, what's... What have I done? <laughs> what happened? 
So, yeah, we need to we need to hear from the right sources, and we need to test those sources also. We don't just accept anybody as being a valid source of information. Even amongst the devotees, we have to be a little selective. Um, got to work out what's going on around here. But in, in principle, we, we, this is why Prabhupada established our society. Um, I'll, I'll read you something. In, in, I, I read a few things just before coming, and it was very interesting. Um, what Prabhupada... <clears throat> Wait a minute, how do I find... Oh, here we go, we go, we go, we go. Very good. Mm, no, lost it. Anyway, Prabhupada was making the point that that this purpose of the Krishna consciousness movement is to create that environment, right, to create that. And, and he was saying, we have built hundreds of temples right, so that people can come together just to glorify Krishna, where people can come together to render service. And, and, you know, the temple is that place where people can gather to associate and to share that uh, uh, that, that pleasure, that enjoyment, that, what is it here? It's mentioned here. Uh, makaranda, isn't it? Makaranda. Pada Aravinda. Makaranda Rasat Ajasram, right? Yeah. Padaravinda Makaranda Rasat Ajasram, who can taste the honey of the lotus feet continuously. Right? That's the that's the purpose of our society is for us to come together to hear and chant to remember our relationship with Krishna and then to work in that relationship and and derive pleasure from so doing we don't get paid to do what we're doing some of us might get supported by the temple, but it's not, you know, there's nobody who's getting huge amounts of money to do what they're doing. And certainly none of the householders. In fact, they enjoy coming to the temple, not only that, they give their money freely, right? Give donations freely, because they're, they're happy. 
if you take away their service or, you know, in the COVID situation, no, but it, we, didn't, we didn't take away people's service, but it looked like it. And they're complaining. Give me my service back. There's a few serial whingers. Teacher <laughs> River just getting sick of them. <laughs> Come on, give me my service back. So, you know, the devotees love to do service. They love to come to the temple. They can't. So these people, Yamaraj is saying, don't bring me these people. And Prabhupada is saying, these are the people that we should associate with. Sangat Sanjayate Karma. We associate with those kind of people. We'll become like them. This is the importance of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness is that we're creating an environment where if you associate in that setting, then you'll become like the devotees. You'll become a devotee, right? Not, you know, you can't not uh, be influenced and, and make spiritual progress. Okay, I'm going to finish here. Does anybody have any comments or questions? Mahatma Ji, uh, Gopal. Do what, what was the first? Yes. Yes. Yes, they're going to meet Yamaraj. They're always thinking of Krishna. Yeah, so they're always thinking <coughs> about this way of Well, I think people like that are pretty rare, to be honest. You know, somebody like Kamsa is pretty rare to always be thinking of Krishna, but in an antagonistic way. But... We see for those who, you know, somebody like Kamsa, he actually, because of that thinking, was, did get some benefit from that, right? Krishna's always kind and merciful. So I don't know whether we get people quite at that level of animosity. Um, do you have any examples that you can think of? Yeah, but they deny his personality. You mean atheists or, or impersonalists? Yeah, there's impersonalists. Um, mm, um, do they get to see Yamaraj? That's a good question. Um, uh, There are different types of transcendentalists and um, that's described in the Bhagavatam. And 
um, you know, the yogis and the ascetics, uh, they're still pious. There's still some piety there, right? Um, there's a renunciation of sense gratification, you know, in that pursuit. So there's certainly a degree of elevation in that type of, even though there's animosity towards Krishna, there's attraction to the making some spiritual progress, right? So you, I, th I think you could say, I'm speculating here, well, let's hear from others, but I would suggest that perhaps not, right? Because there's that tenant, they're not engaged in gross sense gratification, right? The Ghanis. Uh, and, and so, you know, um, <clears throat> there may not be the same kind of punishment that awaits, you know, the materialistic persons. Any comments from anybody else? Thoughts on that? What's their destination? What's the destination of an impersonalist? takes birth amongst a bunch of impersonalists. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there are some who accept the personality of Krishna, but they are more attracted towards the impersonal feature. The impersonal feature, yes. Yeah. Whereas there are some other of the Maya Nazis who would use this picture to deny the personality of Krishna. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, Prabhupada doesn't really mention what their destination is other than that they'll, they may be elevated to an impersonal position but will fall down eventually and come back into the material world. And, or, or, yeah, he, he mentions they, they uh, revert back to materialistic um, <coughs> philanthropic activities. And so become, I guess, more materialistic. So, mm, skirting dangerous, you know, regions of existence because you can become again a materialist and have to see Yamaraj be punished for not behaving properly, I suppose. Uh, if that's the case. And that's what Prabhupada says, they fall back to materialistic activities, right? And so if you're falling back to materialistic activities, then that means the Yamadudas might be paying you a call at the time of death for a bit of um, purification. But you see also, they may take birth again in, uh, in the human species, not as an animal, right? Because of elevated consciousness. So there's different, These are subtle. this is why Yamaraj is pointing out who, who the Yamaduda should bring to him for punishment and who they shouldn't, right? But obviously a little subtle area. Mahatmaji. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Uh, 
How to know they're fully surrendered? How do you know? How do you tell? There are qualifications by which one can determine who's an advanced devotee and who's not. Krishna says, Satatam kirtayanto mam. You know, a pure devotee is always engaged in glorification of the Lord. Uh, yeah, um, they have a, a firm vow. They've taken, you know, yatantas chadrida brataha. So there are qualifications by which we can identify someone or I individuals as being uh, dedicated, fully dedicated, you know, but how do you tell who's fully dedicated, right? You have to look at a person's, uh, you, have to, you have to look at an individual's life almost to, to work out what's going on. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Haridas Thakur says, the qualification of a devotee, the most uh, important qualification is how attached they are to chanting Hare Krishna. Right? And um, we can then see from how attached they are to chanting Hare Krishna, how detached they are from material pursuits, material life. Right? And then as another measure, how attached they are to rendering service, to just doing service, right? It's not a measure of how many followers a person has or how well they speak necessarily, right? right? But rather these, these three... <clears throat> attachment to chanting an attachment to devotional service, and then a consequent detachment from material pursuits, and then engagement in devotional service. These are pretty much the qualifications. And, and you'll see that in many devotees. Right? Many devotees. They're not big, 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 big devotees and everybody's saying jai, jai, jai when they walk in the room. But rather, they're devotees to be associated with because they're just, they, they show the symptoms of advancement. Right? So, um, yeah. Uh, Chance Hare Krishna avoids materialistic association and materialistic pursuits and um, likes to serve. Birds of the same feather flock. I didn't say that, but that's true. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> but, yes, no, you're right. That's, 
And that's what ISKCON is all about. Yeah. Come together, chant Hare Krishna, do service. Uh, peacock feathers? Peacock feathers. Well, Krishna has peacock feathers. We don't, but he does. Peacock feathers. <laughs> yeah. Sugaday, what's your thoughts? On uh, how do we tell who's advanced or not? Yeah, how attached they are to Krishna. And also detached from... Yeah. And so it can be in, the, you know, in any devotee. Most devotees, actually. Like, I'm always amazed, you know, uh, Sudhir works so hard at Gopal's and then he comes to the temple and what does he do? He hops in the kitchen. But he likes to cook. Likes to cook for the devotees. Uh, there's quite a few devotees down at uh, Katani Gardens at the moment, I suppose, setting up for the festival today. Who's going to the festival? going to be pretty darn hot and yeah no me too I'm, I, I'm resting most of the I spent the last week I spent more time in bed this week than I think I've been out of it <coughs> I thought I was getting well on uh, was it? Thursday and I went for a walk and then I discovered that I wasn't <laughs> I've spent the next two days back in bed. <coughs> but a lot better now. Okay. Any other comments, questions, thoughts? Hare Krishna. Gantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Shalaprabhupad ki jai.